Hi, this is Mike Rockwitz, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. In fact, this is the I Can't Drive 55 episode. Uh, Wow. And my name is Rick Fabanis. I'm your host. And as always, I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there, Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob? Another uh, another Sammy Hagar fan. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know what what the heck that was, but uh <laughs> that was not my Sammy Hagar, by the way. No. I know no, wasn't Sammy. You weren't supposed to talk. You know, there's always that pause after uh-huh. I say, Bob, yeah. there's a pause. And okay. I give you my yeah. special hello for this episode and this episode only. I got excited about Sammy Hagar. Oh. All right, I'll do it again. Okay. Ready? Okay, I'm pausing. Hello! <laughs> now I'm going to give you a hint, Bob. Okay. I'm going to give you a hint. Better be a big one. <laughs> All right. So today we're covering Captain America issues 411 through 413. Mm-hmm. What year did they come out, Bob? Was that around 1993? It was in 1993. The dark and years. Yeah. Do you know what was the number five grossing film <laughs> of 1993, Bob? The, the number five grossing song? No, not song, <laughs> film. Film number five. Yes. Oh my God. Not fifty-five. All right. Five. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Number five. Well, number one had to have been Jurassic Park. Oh, it totally was. Okay. I almost. I almost opened with a um, welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> I almost did that, but I decided I'm not to. I'm glad you didn't. I wanted to have a little bit more fun. All right. So I number- went with the hello. Number two, I don't know. Was number two like the fugitive or something? It was. How do you know this? Stuff? Okay. All right. Number three. Uh, now we're getting into the weeds, folks. Uh, a lot of good. Not, not actually. I was going to say. Tell not, you, man. Not, you look at you look at this list from 1993. It is a yeah. who's who of of good movies. Oh, there's a lot of bad movies too, though. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, Super Mario Brothers came out that year. And, uh, and I noticed they just announced a uh, there's going to be a reboot of the Super Mario Brothers uh, movie franchise uh, is forthcoming. OK, I don't know about that. But... So, yeah. All right. All right. I'm just going to tell you. All right. Tell okay. me, please. Cause... Number five. Yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Did that was that 1993? It was. Oh my, my son loves that movie. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've got stuck watching this. It came out my, November 24th. My name, Job. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to give the hello from when uh, Mrs. Doubtfire uh, puts his face in yes. the, the cream pie. Right, right, and right. And it comes up yes. from behind the refrigerator door. Right. That was yeah. my hello to you. Beautiful. That was me tying it, it back to 1993. It all comes together. I feel like uh, it's like one of those, you ever see like those crazy conspiracy theorists with all like the pictures on the wall and yes. connected by all the, yeah, you've tied it all together. Man, you, you, you have no, that's what each one of these 
podcast episodes looks like on my wall. I, you, right. you guys yeah. should see my wall. I have them all strung out trying to figure out how to connect everything together. Yeah. It's, uh, it's well, here I'm fire. telling you, here's a, a, a who's who's list of these top movies. All right. Number one, Jurassic Park. Number two, The Fugitive. Number three, The Firm. Okay. Four, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, Five, yes. Mrs. Doubtfire. Six, Indecent Proposal. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Seven, uh-huh. In the Line of Fire. Yep. That yep. was a good Clint Eastwood movie. Yep. Eight, Aladdin. Nine, Cliffhanger. Ten. Okay. Yep. Ten, A Few Good Men. Janine Turner, I think, was in I always had a thing for her. Oh, yeah. You remember her from the TV show, Northern Exposure? That oh, was her, yeah. like her film day. Short hair, short yeah, hair. Yeah, I like yeah. the brunette, yeah. Yeah, she was uh, slime. A Few Good Men, number 10. Get this. Right? Oh! Number 11. Uh, that was 1993, A Few Good Men? Yeah, December 11th came out, yeah. Holds a special place in my heart. Uh, you know, you know, you just want to yell. You can't, you can't handle the truth, you, right? You know, I do. I totally want to too. You'd like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, then we've got uh, Free Willy, eleven. Yeah, yeah. Groundhog Day, number twelve. I mean, I had a who's who of things to pick from. I mean, wow. I could have done a Groundhog Day reference. Yeah. Uh, Thirteen. Don't drive angry. <laughs> Thirteen. <laughs> Dave. 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 Oh my gosh. Do you remember Dave? I don't. Was that I liked that movie? Was it? That was uh Kevin. Oh gosh, what's his name? From um A Fish Called Wanda. Kevin Klein? Oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. That, that was a good movie. Yeah. With uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then 14, Rising Sun. Mm-hmm. 15. Mm-hmm. 15, Scent of a Woman. Hoo-ha! <laughs> All right, listen to this. 16, Cool Runnings. 17, The Crying Game. 18, Demolition Man. 19, Rookie of the Year. 20, Dennis the Menace. All right. I mean... That, That's some good movies there, right? Hold on. I'm just going to name a few more. Why not, right? Why not? Uh, 23, Last Action Hero. 24, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. 26, Malice. Nightmare Before Christmas was in 93? Yeah, it came out on my birthday. Oh my God, that's such a great film. You never said happy birthday to me, Bob. When was your birthday? October 15th. (sighs) October 15th? Yeah. Well, happy birthday, retrospectively. Yes, yeah. Because this this podcast is coming out on October 27th. Right. So we're looking back in time at this point. Yeah. Uh, 27 made in america 29 adam's family values uh gosh here you go 34 hocus pocus oh here's a good one ready 36 falling down oh my that was a good one wasn't it i was just thinking that the other day i think of that movie frequently in my life 38 the bodyguard Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, here you go. Number 40. A, a remake of that one coming out as well. Number 40, one of my all-time favorites. I'm a big Brian De Palma fan. Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, there, right. there's so many good movies here. You know, uh, I, uh, I underestimated 1993. I have to I know, man. I, dude, I'm looking at... Okay, Wayne's World 2, Robin yeah. Hood Men in Tights, mm-hmm. Sister Act 2, The Joy Luck Club, Sandlot. Sandlot. Another one the I Secret love watching Garden. with my kid. Yeah. Uh, gosh. 
Wow. Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Another great one. I mean, now, now these are all highest grossing in 1993. Now, some of these may have come out in the end of 1992, but still, yeah. I mean, that's a who's who of movies right there. It's a lot of good movies. All right. Let's, you know what? We need to keep going here. Yeah. I need to, uh, I need to cleanse my palate of uh, the bitter aftertaste of the 1990s that, uh, that I've been, uh, I've been sort of feeling and, and maybe just, just, you know, open myself up to a new experience here. Yes. And I and will tell you, this is a new experience for me, Rick. And speaking of the 90s, we might as well just talk about who our next guest is going to be in episode 56. Yeah. I know we normally save that for the end of the podcast, but I'm pretty excited. We're going to have editor Mike Rockwitz join us on nice. the podcast next episode. Now, some of you may say, I'm not familiar with that name. How, how is that person affiliated with Captain America? comics well uh now the the people the members of our facebook group would probably know who he is because he is a member of our facebook group um he joined uh i'm gonna say earlier this year but he uh he was a longtime editor of captain america comics he joined um right at issue 409 so he came on to the captain america series at 409 and he stayed on for 30 some issues and uh, working with Mark Runewald and Rick Levins. And um, he, he came on right after the, uh, the Cap Wolf six-issue story. So he kind of came on to that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, stayed on. In addition to that, he did the Adventures of Captain America miniseries, which was a fun miniseries, that four-issue Great. miniseries. Great miniseries. Uh, the Medusa Effect. I know it's a- I love that one. Yeah. Um, he was also the editor on volume two for the second half, issues seven through 13, which was just after Rob Liefeld, right? Mm-hmm. And then they had um, uh, those. So so we got a lot to talk about with him. Uh, yeah. Right. So that'll be fun. All right. I love talking to editors because they tell you how the sausage gets made. Yes. The stories so, behind the stories are always yeah. fun. Um. Uh, just an update on the, um, the, the contest that, uh, I mentioned a couple episodes ago. So if you go to Apple podcasts, give us a five-star review. Once we get the next 10, we're going to pick three of those 10 to give them the, what would cap do challenge coin. So real simple, just go to Apple, um, come up with a new account. I don't care, but give us a five-star review and leave leave a comment and um and you'll be entered again three out of out of those 10 are going to get that coin Mm -hmm. so bob you want to hear uh a new review yeah all right uh this one wrote and this one is from well their name is wes wing one and they gave us a five-star review and it and the title is more than just a review and wes wing wrote What a wonderful series. Looking at such an iconic character and shining a light on all the positive attributes that Captain America promotes by his actions. Rick and Bob are able to not just appreciate the written word, but also the nonverbal images that many times leave a lasting picture in your heart. Absolutely worth taking the time to listen and find out for yourself. Thanks, fellas. That's a great review, Rick. He he nails it. I know. Thanks, Wes. We appreciate that. And you are entered into the contest. 
All right, Bob. So um, why did we pick issues 411 through 413, you may ask? Um, Rick, why, and, Rick and could, yeah. why did we pick issues 411 through 413? Well, Bob, that's a great question. Uh, some people may say, well, why didn't, if, if, if Mike Rockwitz started with 409, why go to 411? Well, 409 and 410 were good issues. Uh, and we'll recap those to get people up to speed. But 411 through 413, we thought was a lot of fun because it features the arena of death. Death, death, and, death, 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 death. And what we've got is uh, Cap, Falcon, and Diamondback undercover going to AIM Island and in a match of death. And there's over 100 different supervillains featured in this all right so get out your your marvel official marvel handbook uh because i'll be going through a whole list of those including rick one of my favorites ramrod nope i'm not going to mention his name but when we get to him i'm going to let out a big woo woo. <laughs> okay <laughs> can't wait for that <laughs> Casey's going to come in here and she smack is. you. She's, she's, she's like, going to open the door. And no more special be, effects. I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's get a, a recap, shall we, of 409 and 410 to kind of get people up to speed on what's been going on. So I'm going to the marvelfandom.com, which is a wonderful website to get a lot of information. And the synopsis for 409, which is titled Blood and Diamonds. By the way, these are all going to be written by Mark Grunewald, longtime Captain America writer, penciled by Rick Levins, inked by Danny Bellandi, colorist George Rosos, letterer Joe Rosen, and as we already mentioned, editor Mike Rockwitz. So in 409, with Dr. Jewett's help, Captain America and Falcon determined that Diamondback is held captive by crossbones in the Rocky Mountains. So at Red Skull's chalet, Diamondback struggles to escape her cell while Red Skull confronts Crossbones over Cutthroat's demise, because Crossbones killed Cutthroat. Mother Knight admits to Machine Smith that she has been cheating on Skull with Cutthroat. Later, Skull explains his plans for Diamondback to the skeleton crew. When Mother Knight attempts to fetch Diamondback from her cell, Rachel defeats the villainess and dons her costume. Taking Blackwing by surprise, Diamondback confiscates his glider and escapes. Crossbones and Jack-O-Lantern quickly recapture Diamondback, but not before Cap and Falcon pick up her distress signal. Meanwhile, Dennis, remember Dennis, D-Man, Dumpy? He finds an underground city. 20 miles from the Skull's chalet, Dr. Benway prepares Diamondback for a transfusion of Cap's super soldier serum blood. Suddenly, Cap and Falcon attack. Now, that one came out, uh, had a cover date of November of 1992. So in issue 410, which this is called Diamonds Are for Vengeance. Nice little play on uh, words there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice little bond in. Yeah. Uh, Captain America battles crossbones while Falcon chases Jack-O-Lantern. Dr. Benway calls for reinforcements and Blackwing and Mother Knight respond from their approaching jet copter. Meanwhile, beneath the Central Park Lagoon, Dennis enters Zero Town, 
where he's taken to Brother Wonderful. Angered at not receiving answers to his questions, Wonderful threatens the mute Dennis. The fourth sleeper attacks Moon Hunter in Cap's jet. Now, who's Moon Hunter, Bob? I, I don't have any idea, Rick. Well, if you read Cap Wolf, you no, would know who Moon Hunter yeah. was. Yeah, but yeah. that's all right. We'll get to that another day. <laughs> so the four sleeper attacks Moon Hunter and Cap's jet. Blackwing aids crossbones against Cap. Diamondback escapes from the barracks and tries to help Cap, but Mother Knight interferes. Enraged, Diamondback knocks out Mother Knight and attempts to strangle crossbones. Before Cap can break them up, Blackwing knocks Cap off the ledge. Returning with the defeated Jack-O-Lantern, Falcon rescues Cap. Moonhunter dislodges the sleeper by swiping the jet copter, sending the copter crashing into the barracks. Shrapnel from the explosion injures Crossbones, ending the fight. As the skeleton crew is taken into custody, Cap and Rachel are finally reunited. And it feels so good. Did I ever tell you how much I enjoy your singing? <laughs> no one has ever said that. Okay, there's a reason I haven't done that. <laughs> I was just loving peaches and herb, man. Come on. Uh, all right. Everybody loves peaches and herb. All right, so here we get to issue 411. And we have on the cover Captain America in disguise as crossbones going up uh, against uh, nefarious characters. There's several behind him in shadow and then two in front of him. Now, when I say in disguise, the way Rick Levins uh, decided to do this was draw a half crossbones, half Captain America. So you could see that, well, at least one of them is disguised as the other. Um, now, he's going up against the two that you can see have their back to the viewer. The one on the right is Ramrod, which is secretly Bob's favorite supervillain. And then on the left is Mad Dog. But, you know, I want to ask Mike this. Okay? Wow. I know this is a scene from the comic. Mm-hmm. But... From the back, if you didn't know that was Mad Dog, who would you say that was? It does. It does look like Wolverine. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Because he's got the hair like Wolverine. He's got yeah. a tan costume. Um, he's got some claws that kind of make you think more of, you know, it lends to that. I'm going to ask Mike, you know, like, was that done on purpose? Because Wolverine, it's 1993 and mm-hmm. Wolverine's really popular uh, trying to, to, to put him on the cover because we know it boosts sales for cap wolf right yeah um the starburst says it's an all-out action as cap enters the arena of death uh we've got the red white and blue captain america logo at top and then um the corner box logo is left over from ron Lim. so we still have a ron Lim logo up there even though he's been long gone and i'm going to read the top of the uh of the comic which we don't normally do but it's a new one because it's it's different in 1993 steve rogers born in the usa raised to cherish the ideals of democracy endowed with a superhuman physique and driven to be the most capable combatant in the world 
Now, as both lone crusader and leader of the renowned Avengers, he fights an ongoing battle for liberty, justice, and the American dream. Stan Lee presents Captain America. And so this opening splash page is Diamondback in her costume, uh, throwing diamonds at Sam in his Falcon costume, and him shooting a grappling hook at her. And he says, coming at you, Diamondback. I can't wait. So they're fighting. What's up with that? And by the way, this costume that Falcon is wearing, my least favorite Falcon costume of all time. It is a little bit funky. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's the one where it's, it's white and red. Um, and it covers his entire body. The only thing showing is his, uh, his half of his face. Um, but the thing I don't like about it is the mask. Mm-hmm. It's got that little falcon flying on, on his ridge weird, over his a, nose yeah. between his eyes. It's a weird accent piece. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. It seems unnecessary. <clears throat> so Falcon comes in and um, she grips his wrist and flips him. And he's like, huh? The faster they come, the quicker they fall, Falcon. The only problem with flipping guys with wings, if they don't stay flipped. I'd be disappointed if you had. Your floor technique is excellent, lady, but I've got the better hardware. So they're uh, basically, it looks like they're at the Avengers Mansion in the training room. And um, I'd say, you know, Rick Levins, now I, I'll be honest here, Bob, you know, I've, I've never been a big Rick Levins fan. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my least favorite Captain America artists. Uh, I, I will give him credit, though. I think he does a fine job with storytelling. I think he does a, a good job with um, physiques and, uh, you know, the, 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 the way people are drawn. Um, you know, in this case, you know, he, he does a nice job with, uh, with people flipping, you know, um, you know, Diamondback, she's flipping back. And the next page we have Cap flipping. Um, you know, there's some silhouettes, there's some up close, there's some, some far away. Um, there's, it's, there's a lot of cheesecake kind of 1990s, uh, female body shots, you know, um, cause she's wearing a very skin tight costume. Uh, but I don't like the way he draws faces. That does seem, that's a weakness. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think uh, I, I, I've not been a big fan of a lot of you know, artists in this era, but, but, but I agree with everything you just said, because I think um, it, it is, I mean, it, it's, 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 um, it's not aesthetically unappealing, but it's the faces, I think, that, that fall short. Yeah, yeah. To me, I think a lot of the, the great artists out there you know, as long as they have a, a really good face, like, you know, it's almost like it's a distinctive ability of that artist, yeah. you know, where, you know, a John Byrne face, you know, a yeah. George Perez face, you know, a Mike Zek face, you know, 
you know, uh, name somebody like a, yeah. a Ron Garney or, a, a, you know, a Ron Lim. These faces um, are very. Um, well, they're, they're, they're not distinctive. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sort yeah. of vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I, I give him, give him credit. I mean, I I think he does a he's a fine storyteller, and he does a nice job with the with the physiques. Yeah, agreed. Um. So, Falcon uh, hits Diamondback with um with the grappling hook, and it goes around uh, her ankle. Uh, which, by the way, she's got heels on her boots. It's got to be challenging. Yeah. I've tried it, Rick. It's it's not easy. Yeah. You you Long break an story. ankle, do you? Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, he goes to pull back on it and her boot comes off. And she says, You have a boot fetish, Falcon? I'd never have guessed. She waited till I entered the jungle gym. Don't have the maneuverability. Hard to dodge those diamond thingies. And um one of the diamonds hits her his his wings and starts to dissolve uh, wings. And she says, if you got the better hardware, how come I just softened it? And now I'm going to, and Cap comes in between the two and he says, time out, you two. Steve, your lady friend's got some pretty slick moves, Cap. I want to tell you about your test. Hey, your hair, what did you... I decided to go back to my old style and color, and which is pink, by the way. So I see. Like it? I do. I'm not used to it. I take it you're no longer interested in being my personal secretary. No, that was the fear of me speaking when I said that. I'm over the fear now, way over. Besides, we both know I'm not cut out for that kind of life. Catching part of your workout with Sam, I'd have to agree. I was going to tell you about your test results. Clean bill of health. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently, the super soldier blood the Red Skulls people tried out on you is stable. No trace of the crystal methylene that was in it. I'd still like to have Doc Kincaid run a few more. What's that crystal methylene methylene he's talking about, Bob? Do you remember that? (laughs) Crystal meth? Yeah. I, uh, those days were hazy for me, Rick. <laughs> no, uh... no, Bob, the, the blood that the red skull had, uh, was basically the, uh, the cap blood where he, he, he got some crystal meth in there. Yeah. And went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You That's have right. no idea what's doing. No, I do. I do. I do. That was streets of poison or something. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the whole time uh, Falcon's like trying to like look at his wings, he's going to have to replace this feather. So Diamondback isn't having it with Cap. She's like, I really don't have time right now. I've settled accounts with Crossbones, but I still have one more piece of unfinished business to attend to. Need help? Sorry, but there are some things a person's got to do for herself. And she walks and leaves the room. Cap thinks to himself, I can't let her walk out of my life. Not after we've been apart for so long. So he chases after her. Rachel. He grabs her shoulder and she turns and like bats his arm away and she's got another arm up. And she's like, oh, sorry, reflex. It's how many times I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? 
Sorry, reflex. Oh, okay. Right, right, yeah. Just listen to me a moment, Rachel. I would like us to try to be a team. It's been a real long time since I've known a woman I can share my kind of life with. I'd really like to help you accomplish your life goals and help you help me accomplish mine. Couldn't we at least give it a try? So in Cap's quarters, Cap's sitting there at his desk in front of his uh, monitor on his keyboard. Rachel's sitting on his desk. And who's on the monitor? My man, Nick Fury. Fury here. Ha, so it is you, old timer. Need some info, Nick. I'm trying to get a, a line on the whereabouts of a mercenary named Shioka Sonata. She goes by the code name Snapdragon. Our file here is slim. All right, let me see what we have. All right, I downloaded all we got on her and your system. Ain't modern technology a pip? She looks like a rough customer. Ex-girlfriend? Hardly. But she is ex-sparring partner of my current, uh, of a friend. Hmm. Nothing very recent. Looks like she keeps a low profile. Stays out of the country. Say, Stevie, if I were you, you know where I'd start looking for her? Spill it. I bet she'll show up at the AIM Weapon Expo this weekend. Weapons Expo? You must have heard of it. Once a year, the Advanced Idea Mechanics holds a trade show for the various paramilitary and subversive organizations they work with or hope to. You let them? Their island's protected by international law. They make sure they don't do anything actionable. What makes you think they'd, she'd show up to something like that? Besides selling exotic arms, surpluses, and negotiating with clients, the Exo becomes a vacation resort for super-type mercenaries. If she ain't there, I bet someone who knows her will be. Hmm. I know a big-shot patriotic superhero like you don't like the idea of working for international spy guys like me anymore. But if you manage to infiltrate the place, those jokers are ripe for a bring-down. I'll see what I can do, Nick. Cap out. We're going to waltz onto an island full of supervillains? If we can think of a plan. Got it. And then he pushes an intercom. Peggy, could you page Cersei and have her report to my office as soon as possible? Sure, Steve. Peggy? Peggy who? Peggy. Peggy Peggy Fleming, the uh, ice skater? Oh, yeah. She was big back then, right? Big back then as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, Peggy Carter is Mm. uh, working working with uh steve on on his uh on his staff (laughs) it was i could it was coming out i couldn't stop it (laughs) and how about that uh how about this background in steve's office he's got a uh, american flag and he has a picture of mount rushmore yeah yeah it's a little patriotic right there. He's got, he's, yeah, they're, they're nice digs. It's just, it's very mm-hmm. corporate. Yes. Cause he has the, uh, the artificial plant. Also. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, um, I don't know if you noticed uh, the way Rachel is sitting on Steve's no, desk. I, I, I noticed. No, no. Let me point it out for you, Bob. <laughs> uh, she's wearing a skin tight outfit and uh, her, Butt's kind of half on, half off. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. 
it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Check it out, folks. <laughs> Meanwhile, way beneath Central Park Lagoon, there is a cavern which serves as a sanctuary for the disenfranchised night people who have just discovered a stranger walks among them. Captain America's friend, Dennis Dumphy. So here we have uh, D-Man, Dennis Dumphy, in his um, civilian attire. And he's standing there. And the uh, the brother, uh, what's his name? Brother? Brother. Uh, <laughs> brother Glorious. Brother, brother Glorious. Yeah, Brother Love. I don't know. That was yeah. DC. Yeah. Uh, all right. So he's in a hood. And he's up on a stage looking down. I asked you your name and how you got here. How dare you not answer me? Apparently, we'll have to loosen your tongue. No, brother. If you hurt him, he won't help us. Oh, he'll help us all right. Trust me on that, sister. Night people, work him. And sure, sure enough, uh, they all gang up on him. Speak. The Inquisitor demands. Perhaps you'll answer our fists. And they're ripping at it, and he rip off his shirt, and like uh, like a Samson, he just you know shrugs them all off and flexes his muscles. My my my, what strength the stranger has! Can it be as I hoped that he is the one? So now we cut to um, a Quinjet. Must be Captain America's Quinjet because it has pictures of his shield on the wings. And they're over the Atlantic. So do you think our disguises are 100% foolproof, Cap? I think they'll let us land. After that, it's going to be up to us if we can keep the charade going long enough to do what we're there to do. And so now we get to see inside the cockpit, and we have crossbones flying the jet. His co-pilot is Mother Knight, and behind them is Jack-O-Lantern with a flaming pumpkin skull. So if you're not familiar with Jack-O-Lantern, yeah, he's, uh, he's a villain. Uh, he's got like a, a green green outfit, um, and he's got a, a pumpkin for the head, but it's not the mouth is missing, so he's got like these fangs hanging down, and then it's on fire, like almost like a uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, Mother Knight, if you're not familiar, um, not to be convinced, not to be confused with Mother Superior, because Mother Superior was Sin Cynthia Schmidt. Mother Knight was her, I guess, the leader of all those Sisters of Sin, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then we have Crossbones. She was sort of a governess at first, wasn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 She was the one who raised Cynthia. Yeah. And apparently she is, has a thing with with Red Skull, but she was cheating on Red Skull. I wish we could just figured out some other people for Cersei to make us look like. It's disturbing to see you look like that man I hate more than anyone else in the world, Steve. Wearing Crossbones uniform doesn't do much for me either, Rachel. But we have to pick three criminals we knew for sure weren't going to be in attendance. And since we just busted Cross, Mother Knight, and Jack-O-Lantern, they were the safest bet. And then, remember these? Remember these little uh, the notes 
in the bottom right editor's notes mm-hmm. and it says in our frantic last ish mike so uh there he is mike rockwitz with his little note there there's boca caliente i imagine any moment now will be <sighs> boca caliente air traffic control to unidentified craft please identify yourself this is crossbones in skull ship as41 uh Requested permission to land. What's your authorization authorization code? Uh, lost it. It's a long story. So will you let us land or what? It's Cap's voice, but he's trying to do crossbones gravelly rasp and doing it all too well for my taste. Permission to land granted, RS-41. Use runway 7. Glad you dug up this experimental craft, Cap. They'd never let an Avengers Quinjet land. You've got one minute to get used to calling me Crossbones, Jack, when the game's over before it's begun. Please surrender your weapons, as the invitation stipulated. Pretty stupid rule for a bunch of arms dealers, if you ask me. You don't have your gold pass card? Nope. Must have got lost in the mail. How unusual. Your bio-readings appear to be different from those we took last year. Is that a fact? And then... Steve thinks to himself, think, man, think. That's because the skull gave Mother Knight, Jack-O-Lantern, and me bio-camouflage treatments down to our fingertips to keep the heat off our cases. If that ain't okay with you, chubs, we'll just take our toys back and go back to the Red Skull and recommend he do his shopping elsewhere. Uh, no, Mr. Crossbones, that will not be necessary. Now, if the three of you will just step aboard our courtesy bus, we'll collect your bags and take you to your guest lodging. And they're sitting in the in the back of the bus because, you know, hey, that's where the cool kids go. And they're sitting there and somebody says to Jack-O-Lantern, the smoking section's in the back, sir. The fire around my head doesn't give off smoke, wise guy. Minutes later, so they're in the uh, the lobby of the hotel checking in. And the three of them see all these villains. There's a bunch of villains here. I, I recognize, uh, let's see, the Beetle, um, Whirlwind, uh, a couple others I don't recognize. Woo-wee. I haven't been in the biz half as long as you have, ca- I, I mean, Cross, and even I recognize a lot of these creepos. I'm surprised the Avengers never noticed that every year for one weekend, the crime went went down with all these guys here. A filled day for felons here, all right. Wish I could signal the Avengers, Fantastic Four, and every other available hero and have them apprehend these perpetrators as soon as they left the asylum of the island. But I suspect the AIM has a way of monitoring all calls that originate on the island, including scrambled ones. Time to check out Crossbones' standing in the criminal community. Hey! Hey, look who's shown the main attraction himself. Glutton for punishment. What's that supposed to mean? So Crossbones goes up to the counter and he pushes aside. Uh, God, who is that guy? He was a Hawkeye villain. I have uh, no idea. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, and the Trump. Not to be confused with anyone else called Trump. <laughs> there's a there's a villain called trump of course there is uh that he's a uh, he's a magi- magician 
So he uh, he turned a magician turned uh, evil. So Crossbone just goes up to the counter and pushes him out of the way. Out of the way, chumps. Hey, you cut in line. You can't treat the Trump like the... Oh, oh, the other hand, be my guest. Not catching me messing with one of the skulls, man. And then you have uh, in the background, Jack-O-Lantern and Mother Knight watching this. And Sam's thinking to himself, looks like the disguises we chose are pretty well respected by the underworld rank and file. Still, I'd be a lot more comfortable if we had come up with something less conspicuous. I feel like everybody's got their eyes on us. And then up comes uh, the flying tiger. Hey, Jack-O-Lantern, you're not Jason Massendale under that, are you? I heard you were calling yourself Hobgoblin now. Nope, not Masondale, Tiger Lily. Somebody a lot better. You will address me as Flying Tiger, but we'll see how much better you are. And Rachel thinks to himself, is he going to attack or back down? Can't address you. Don't have an envelope. So at this point, Crossbones shows up with the keys. Quit rapping with the riffraff, Jack. I got a room keys. I think Steve eased the Falcon out of that one. Then suddenly, on the next page, big panel, who comes flip, flip, flipping into the room? <laughs> the flipper. No, yes. no. The tumbler. Tumbler. Why didn't they ever have a flipper? No. It's it's Batroc de Liper. Monsieur Crossbones, I hope you are ready. Batroc de Liper. They'd let anybody in here. Yeah, I'm ready, Batroc. Excellent, for I have five opponents lined up who are eager to put your boastfulness to the test. You'll, uh, you'll have to refresh my memory, Batty. I've had a lot on my mind lately. For shame, mon ami. You boasted that you could win five bouts of unarmed battle with any five men I found to battle you. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah. Excellent. We shall stage this tonight before business gets underway tomorrow, no? Or do you wish to forfeit the $500,000 right here and now? I'll meet you in the lobby at eight to go over the rules, Batty. Still think this was the best disguise you could come up with? I'm going to have to go through with it, unless I want to raise suspicion. Okay, so now we get this next page. It's a double-page splash, Bob. Not a full splash. I'd say it's a three-quarter splash, Mm -hmm. right? But that top double panel is pretty impressive by Mr. Rick Levins. Yeah. Uh, There is a ton, a ton of supervillains in the background. In fact, you know what I find impressive about all these villains in the background? What's that, Rick? They're in a ring, right? Uh, you have um, Batroc, and uh, he's in the ring, and he's talking, uh, making announcements. And the ropes that go around the ring, in many cases, covers up a part of the faces of people in the audience. Most comic book artists always make sure that you can see the face, Right. They, yeah. they purposely like if you have a crowd somehow, some way, they position all the characters so that their full face is being shown. But Rick Levins was being realistic here. You know, 
he was showing, you know, that some of these, uh, you know, the, the cords are, are covering up uh, their faces, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, it's also impressive if you, you sort of zoom in or, you know, uh, pull that, uh, in my case, put your uh, reading glasses on mm-hmm. and uh, get real close and take a look at that, that audience. Like every character is different. I mean, they're all doing something different. They've got a different posture. So it's a lot of work there. It was a lot of work. A lot of work. In fact, all right, Bob, I'm going to I'm going to go through a list of villains that are mentioned or seen in this comic. Are you ready? Now, Ooh. I'm not saying they're all in this background, but these are all the villains that are in this comic. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let me take a deep breath. All right. Okay. This is going to be your lawyer voice from like the... the... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. Battle Axe, Oddball, Trump, Beetle, Speed Demon, Whirlwind, Ringer, Flying Tiger, Batroc, Zoran, Machete, Ringmaster, Rhino, Hammerhead, Wildfire, Gladiatrix, Moonstone, Tombstone, Stiletto, Scorpion, Spymaster, Stiltman, Shockwave, Boomerang, Boom Slang, Blizzard, Tarantula, Knockout, Dragonfly, Shocker, Hydroman, Lady Deathstrike, Manape, Mesmero, Titania, Vertigo, Water Wizard, Black Talon, Frenzy, Electro, Eel, Bombshell, Thermo, Sunstroke, Firebrand, Killer Shrike, Puff Adder, Anaconda, Rock Python, Man Bull, Screaming Mimi, Anger of the Screamer, Pile Driver, Triple Iron, Mad Dog, Iron Maiden, Ramrod, Superior, Blackbird, Snapdragon, Metallo, Razor Fist, Sumo, Absorbing Man, Wrecker, Claw. I just had, I gotta, I gotta say, I, I, a lot of those I've heard of, some I have to admit I haven't heard of, but I gotta, I, I can't wait to get the screaming Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when you're going to go? Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, no, that's not the that's one. Just... I'm, that's not it. No, no. Uh, I did name the one, right? Yeah. I got there a little bit. Yeah. But I uh, got there a little bit. I either yeah. said their name or I didn't. Well, you know, I think we're going to have to wait till we get to the next ish to, uh, oh, to... Oh, oh, so now it's the next ish. Yeah. See, right. see how I did that. I just sort of, dangle that out there mm-hmm. all right so nine o'clock that night in Ames staging arena for the private exhibition of various personal armament systems we have batrock up there and he's got the microphone ladies and gentlemen of our noted profession welcome to the arena of combat it is sometimes it said there is no honor among thieves but tonight we shall prove them wrong One year ago at Ames' last weapons exposition, a man named Crossbones boasted to me that he was the best unarmed combatant among all of us gathered here. Alas, at that time, there was no opportunity to put in bold declaration to the test. And so we agreed that I, Patrock the Magnificent, would have until the next exposition to select five opponents from among our mighty ranks. Five Fighters extraordinaire for him to meet in end and battle. Monsieur Crossbones will face them in the ring one at a time and vanquish them in succession. If he does as he boasts, he will walk out of here not only $500,000 richer, but he will indeed have earned the subquet champion fighter of the world. But if he loses to any one of the five, 
he will forfeit $500,000 from his own pocket to the man who beats him. And now, let's bring on our brash challengers, a man of might and mystery, the Red Skull's hand-picked aide-de-camp, Crossbones. So in the background, as you mentioned, uh, all these people are doing different things, and there's a few things they're saying. You're all Dermo 5G, says Cross loses in the second match. Anyone know who, whose bats he has lined up? This is going to be good. So you have Jack-O-Lantern and Mother Knight behind Crossbones. You sure about this? What do you care if Cross Reps takes a beating? Better than that than you. This little event will provide a perfect distraction for you two to check out the place. But you're not used to fighting without your shield, Steve. And even though they say it's unarmed, how do you know? I'll be fine, Mother. Just do what you've got to do. And he enters the stage. And here he is. Anything to say to all the folks who bet against you, mon ami? Let's cut to the crud and get to it. Suddenly, your first opponent, 180 pounds of berserker canine, Bob Baxter, alias Mad Dog. And sure enough, here's this villain, which I don't know if I ever heard of this villain before this i mean I, i'm sure he existed i have no doubt but he comes into the ring and uh he's a hairy guy for sure um and he's got a tan and black outfit and claws and fangs and uh foaming at the mouth but he's 180 pounds rick so that ain't much but Steve, Steve, how much like, do you weigh, Bob? Uh, I weigh two hundred and ten. Yeah, and I'm guessing Steve uh, probably has a, maybe a couple couple pounds on me. That's six. But he's like six two, isn't he? So you you uh, you think might might uh, makes right, huh? You th- you think just because you're bigger. <laughs> Huh? Is that it, Mister Two Hundred Ten Pounds? Well, I'm just huh? saying. I'm just saying. You know, you know, uh, you, you got a lot on me. There's right? a, there's a, there's a diff, there's a reason they have different like you know weight classes. Weight classes in boxing, right? I mean, I'm just saying. But these guys are these are this is not boxing. They're not fighting with their fists. They're mm-hmm. they're fighting with their whatever you know. They're I mean, in this case, claws and fangs. Yeah. Well, Bob Baxter, I think, is gonna. Well, we'll see. Yeah. So he comes coming into the ring and he's gurring like a mad dog. May the best man survive. Mad dog, huh? I've heard him, but I've never fought him before. He looks more unsavory than I heard. And um, he crossbones just kicks him right in the, in the center. If I'm ever going to pull this ruse off, I got to make an effort to fight like crossbones, which means acting a whole lot more vicious. You need to see a dentist, fella. Your oral hygiene bites. And he grabs Mad Dog by the wrists. And then he pulls him back to his shoulders. Better keep those choppers away from me, boy. Good doggy. Good doggy. But just then, Mad Dog bites him in the shoulder. Ah! This guy really is mad. He dislocated his own shoulders in order to bite me. Come on, Ross. 
Give it to him. Give it to him. Fangs didn't break the skin. Got to get this beast off of me. And then he grabs the wrists and he starts punching him, Mad Dog, using his own fists into his face. You hit yourself, dog food. Look, you did it again and another time. Such self-abusive behavior. You know you ought to have your head examined. My brother used to do that to me. So um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, your it's older still brother. Laughing, still, still laughing matter. Uh-huh. Stop hitting yourself. Yeah, I have yeah. a brother too. Yep. Well, yeah. You know. yeah, I do. And then uh, Rachel in the audience notices somebody. That woman three rows ahead of me. That's Iron Maiden. The shield file said she's close with Snapdragon. And then uh, Crossbones keeps having Mad Dog punch himself. That's a good boy. Let go. Time to take you to the pound. And he elbows him in the back of the head and knocks him down. And the audience, boo. Iron's leading. I'll, I'll follow her. The winner of the first bat, Crossbones, Machete, Zaran. If you will kindly escort Mishu Bad Dog from the ring. Trayvon, I hope you are warmed up, mon ami, for here comes your second challenger. He's six foot eight, carries 220 pounds of muscle and 80 pounds of metal. He's the relentless rogue the world knows as Ramrod. May the best man survive. And Ramrod, so he's wearing green pants and, and some black boots. He's got no shirt on, but the top of his shoulders are metal. The top of his head is metal. And he's got metal uh, wrist guards and almost like um, some sort of punching. Brass knuckles, of, but they're yeah. not brass, right? They're steel or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of being thought as a second ringer here. Here's where I finally get my due. Okay, bonehead. Going to scramble your skeleton. I think Daredevil fought this guy once. He's a big one. Bonehead, look who's talking. And he kicks Ramrod in the side of the head. Kunk. Surprise, Bonehead. Felt like kicking a steel girder, didn't it? Ha! I got more metal in me than you got ugly. And that's saying a lot. So then we cut to Mother Knight following or trying to catch up with the Iron Maiden. And uh, she hops over a, uh, a fence. These hills make an echo down these concrete corridors. So I have to follow her at a distance. Wait, I hear someone coming this way. More than one set of footsteps. My goodness, my old partners, Asp, Mamba, and Impala. They're here too? How do they find out about this? Hey! So she calls out to them, and they, um, and Impala answers back, what do you want? If you're looking for trouble, lady, I might point out you're outnumbered. Oh my gosh, I forgot I'm in disguise. Do I dare let them know who I am? Better not. This place may be bugged. She keeps on walking. She looked like she was about to say something, then just walked past. That's the Skulls woman. Probably thinks she's too good for us. So back at the arena, we get uh, Crossbones uh, hitting Ramrod with a uh, in the solar plexus with a like a knife strike. 
you know the trouble with guys like you, Rambozo? When you get yourself armor-plated, you miss a lot of vulnerable spots. Like here. Gotta pump you, man. Pump your bones. Not if that's as good as you can aim. You're nothing just a wisecracking bodybuilder in a Halloween mask. Me, I have my body bolstered and rebuilt like gizmos from another planet. I'm a cyborg, pal. One of the first. Part man, part machine. And he puts his head down as if to ramrod him. And fueled by hot air, huh? If I were you, Ramsey, I'd go back to the factory and get service before your warranty runs out. And he takes him and knocks him down. But Ramrod flips him. You're a real comedian, bonehead. You're going to be hard to do stand-up, though, since you're about to croak lying down. And Sam thinks to himself, Cap's pinned. Should I do something? And we cut to... uh, back to Rachel and she's like I wish I could think of a better plan than just lurking about hoping to I hear some female voices I've spoken to Modum Brannox is still Ames head of the board and chief executive will we meet you with him before the they stop talking and all of a sudden Snapdragon grabs her from around the corner and pulls her next time you eavesdrop you should make sure they tip your cape does not stick out. My God, it's her, Snapdragon. And she's flanked by Blackbird, Superior, and the Iron Maiden. Do I always have to be so lucky? Then we cut to the last page in the arena, and Crossbones nails Ramrod in the eyes with his palm on both sides, and, and which gets Ramrod to, to fall back and say, My eyes! brutal but my larynx couldn't have lasted another second and then he hits him with the right cross lights out numbskull i won two down three to and as he's on the ground looking up who's standing over him Woo-hoo! oh this is your favorite huh general whoa 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 where was General Wool last seen, Bob? Oh, my gosh. I don't know when he was last seen, but I know when he was introduced, and that was Tales of Suspense. Was it 71, I think? Cap's visit to uh, to Vietnam. That would be Tales of Suspense 61. Very close. 61? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that was the last time he was seen, 1965. Wow. That is, that's reaching way back. So this is 27, 28 years later. Yeah. And uh, we got the big sumo wrestler. Yeah. General Wo. He is ginormous and he is a sumo wrestler. So he looks pretty much how you think he would look. Yep. Yep. And uh, Batrock in the background says, I only said you would fight each opponent one at a time, Monami. I never said you would have time to rest between rounds. Next, more action than you can shake a fist at. All right, Bob. So here we are at 412. And this is um, it's a pretty cool cover. It's a, it got a white background because there's so much going on with um, all these different characters and brightly colored costumes and uniforms. And it is a Captain America in the center. And then you have all these different villains attacking him. And then coming from behind, helping Captain America, you have the Falcon in his uniform and featuring... Shang-Chi. 
master of kung fu. Nice. So he's there. Um, and the title is Battle Royale. And who is fighting Cap? Um, there's a lot of villains. There's the Rhino. There's uh, Electro. There's um, Scorpion. Uh, we've got uh, the Wrecker. Um, looks like Frostbite. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of these I don't recognize. Do you know who the other two are? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't. I'm, I don't know. I'm turning it upside down. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, I don't know. So the name of this story is Dis- Disguise the Limit. Uh, clever, clever. Like yep. Disguise the limit. So we uh, have a um, a uh, splash page of um, Crossbones, who is a disguised Captain America in the center ring, and jumping on top of him a big sumo re- sumo wrestler, General Whoa, 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 and. It says in this corner, the 450-pound sumo wrestler known as General Wo. In that corner, the 240-pound super soldier Captain America wearing the garb of his arch-enemy crossbones. To preserve his undercover identity, Cap has to best an in-battle five extraordinary opponents in a row, the general being but the third. And then we turn the page. And we go back to uh, a double page splash. Three quarters of the top is all one image. And it's uh, the audience perspective looking onto the ring. And we have so many supervillains. So some of them that I see here, we have uh, Scorpion, Stiltman, Whirlwind, Claw, Gamecock, uh, looks like um, Electro. Constrictor, Hydro Man, Absorbing Man. So who's who? How did Cap find himself in such a predicament? Annually, the Advanced Idea Mechanics arms suppliers to the underworld hold a weapons exposition and open up their tropical island base to their criminal clientele. This year, the roguish Batroc the Leaper arranged from a little pre-expo entertainment, a tournament to test the prowess of the pugnacious crossbones. Cap has come to Boca Caliente with his partner, the Falcon, also in disguise, to help his friend Diamondback track down one of her enemies believed to be in attendance. To buy Diamond time to search for her foe, Cap has to go through with the brutal charade before the eyes of over a hundred hardened superheroes. What a joke. I could take a both while absorbing Kleenex. Who's that, Bob? A Kleenex? No, no. Who's the villain saying that? Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Let me... Uh, I, he I, says, I, while absorbing Kleenex. Oh, the absorbing man. Yeah, but what's his name? Oh, uh, 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 oh crusher yes <laughs> i can't remember blanket man we just crusher talked about Creel. this in, X, in issue 50 yeah kill him crunch his bones 
a C note says fats nails bonehead. So then um, we get the uh, general Woe misses him and crossbone comes up behind him and grabs him behind his neck. This is a real treat tubs. I always wanted to meet a fat guy whose speed did not belly his bulk. Talk about tough tasks. Not only do I have to beat these guys, I've got to, got to both act and sound like crossbones while doing it. I just hope Diamond is making the most of this. I've got a feeling this little contest is not going to make me or my companions any more popular here. Westerner thinks he can beat the general. Fa! And he elbows crossbones in the gut. Oof! I was just toying with you. Now you will see why my fighting skills have made me the scourge of all China. And here I thought it was your hygiene habits. And he throws him over. And then he lands like uh, crossbones on his back. And, and General O lands on his uh, chest. Where are your widdicums now, skull-faced one? Yeah, squash that jerk. Fought the general years ago when he was the despot of a small Chinese village. If anything, he's gotten tougher since then. Hope he ain't had any beans lately, Chuppo. Meanwhile, outside the arena, Diamondback, disguised as Mother Knight, encounters her enemy Snapdragon at her entourage. My God, it's her. I said, spying on us, were you? Um, Snapdragon nearly killed me a few months back, threw me into the ocean, left me to drown, put the fear of death into me for months. I want to pay her back so bad I can taste it. But with Superior, Blackbird, and Iron Maiden here? I... Wasn't spying on you. Hmm. You're Mother Knight, the Red Skull's mistress, aren't you? Uh, yes. And who might you be? I am superior. Here is my card. If you are ever interested in ditching that antiquated Nazi and joining a truly progressive undertaking, give me a call. And then the four of them walk away after she hands her a business card. The way Snap's looking at me, does she suspect who I really am? doesn't matter. Now that I've caught up with you, my old sparring partner, you'll not leaving this island until I've paid you back for the dirt you put me through. Paid you back in spades. The moment I get you alone, it's all over for you. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, back in the arena, and at this point, General Rose laying back on him. Oh, managed to wiggle my head out from under him. Now if I can just get my hands... Crush him! Smother that dope! You think to tickle me, Skullface? I am not tick... Ah! And then just then, Crossbones gets his uh, his fingers into his his really fat throat. Off me, fats, or I'll bury my fingers in your throat up to my wrists. And so... Just then, uh, General Wo sits up, and he gets off of him. Ah, did that hurt? And he's gasping and trying to breathe. And just then, Crossbone picks up General Wo over his head, ex- arms extended. Then let me know how this feels. And he throws him off the ring and actually into the ropes. And he's leaning over and he's breathing heavy. Atta boy, Lardo. 
Now you're learning the ropes. And then just then, and now opponent number four, raise a fist. Wait a minute, Bats. I thought you said this was supposed to be unarmed combat. Mon ami, the blades are not his arms. They're the hands. Good luck, Bonaire. And he jumps off. So that's a little cheating, Bob. And it seems it also raises some questions about the use of the latrine. Hmm. It does at that. And uh, if anybody saw the movie, Shang-Chi, you would know who Razor Fist is. Right? He's a mercenary who has a blade that comes out, uh, you know, where his hand should be. And But in this case, he has it on both hands, are these long razors, and he's coming at crossbones. And Sam's in his jack-o'-lantern costume, and he says, much as I'd like to see Cap trounce this guy, I better see what's keeping Diamond down. Cap's got his hands full, so I guess it's up to the low-flying falcon to take up the slack, even if I feel like a total fool walking around with a flaming head. Go to the next page, elsewhere on the island, and there's a, there's a ship coming up to the, uh, or docked next to a loading bay, and there's uh, an AIM uh, agent who has got the loading um, cart, and he's got this big uh, cargo box um, that he's taking into the warehouse. Which cargo bay is this for? The one with the light labels goes to 13, the red labels in 12. Marked fragile. Better move, move them one at a time. Must be Italian. You know, I used that exact same joke today on my field trip. Yeah. And there was actually one or two students who got it. Yeah. And responded to me, shoot your eye out. (laughs) (laughs) They got A's. They don't have to go to, they don't have to go to class for the rest of the semester. Perfect. (laughs) I hear the din of the forklift recede into the distance. I hear no other sounds. I must assume that I am alone. So we're hearing an inner monologue of someone, Bob. My days of meditative confinement are ended. My journey has reached its end. And just then we see a fist punching up out of the wooden crate. Wherever these containers of my late father's biochemical legacy have been dispatched, I am now there. It is time I see where that is. And coming out of the crate is Shang-Chi in his traditional red and red um, uniform with the, uh, the gold yellow uh, trim. And he has a, a red sash tied around his uh, forehead that's flowing. For I am Shang-Chi, renegade son of Fu Manchu, and I will not rest until all of my nefarious sire's machinations have been thwarted and his black stain has been eradicated from the face of this world. I'm in a nondescript warehouse within scent of the sea. I am alone at this juncture, but I expect more cargo to join the crate in which I stowed away. Someone approaches. So he goes and he runs, and there's an, uh, a hive agent. Not hive? Yeah. No, you know, aim agent 
Mm. I say it because he's wearing a, a hive mask, like a beehive mm-hmm. mask, right? Could have sworn I heard something crash. And just then, karate chop to the neck. The yellow radiation suit I recognize from my intelligent files. This man is in the employ of the advanced idea mechanics. What is my father's connection to them? So we get back to the arena and we have Razor Fist, who is a Shang-Chi villain. Interesting. Fighting crossbones. Question for you, Raze. I can see now those things will come in useful when you shave, but how do you dress yourself? And uh, Razor Fist misses crossbones and goes into a, uh, a pylon. Your prattle is less than amusing. That one and two. And just then, Crossbone uh, snaps the one that's in the, the railing. And he goes, that's one. And then when he comes at him with the other one, he, he grabs it between his two uh, palms and two. Now I'm going to teach you a lesson for all the times you cut class. The lesson is a leg has over twice the reach of an arm. See? And he kicks him in the face. Congratulations, mon ami. Four opponents with nary a break and you still stand. Cut the chatter, bats. Bring on the last of your big, bad fighting fighting friends. I am already on. And he kicks Crossbones in the face and knocks him backwards. And he flips, but he lands on his feet. So you're my fifth, huh? You don't know what a relief that is, batty boy. I thought you had somebody tough lined up. Trounce him. Stop playing with him. You seem so fond of kickboxing. I hope you get a kick out of this. And he kicks Batrock makes him fall down and then he gets on top of him and he grabs his throat and he's about to punch him. Okay, Bats, you surrender or do I smash you till you can't so much as twitch? Hold, Monami. I know your secret. You are not crossbones. Huh? What are you gassing about? Do not try to deceive me. I have studied your fighting style for years. I would recognize it no matter now you try to disguise it. You are Captain America. And if you do not lose the match, I will see that it is every member of this battle-thirsty crowd learns who you are. You are good, Mon Capitan, but not even you can best a hundred super foes. Uh-oh. He's on to him. He's on to him. At that moment, elsewhere on the island, we have Mother Knight here following the four women. They're going on to that office building. Blast too late in there to follow she's sticking to superior like glue whenever am i going to get snap alone and so um they have the four women walk in there and superior walks up to this um the reception may i help you yes i am superior i have an appointment to see your chief executive officer mr brannix just a minute i'll call him okay miss superior Mr. Branix will see you alone. And um, there's these uh, laser rays that um, are kind of protecting the area like a cage. And they let Superior in, but not anyone else. Snapdragon says, Superior travels nowhere without her. I'll be all right, Dragon. Wait here. Take the elevator on the right to the penthouse. So back at the arena... Um, Batrock is kicking around um, crossbones. 
You see, mon ami, as much as I want to beat you fairly, beating crossbones will serve to bring me choicer mercenary work. Make it look convincing, Captain. We do not want my victory over you to seem suspicious. And um, they're counting as crossbones down. One, two, three, four. Are you down for the count? But not down far enough. One more kick should send you screwing into unconsciousness. And just then, crossbones grabs him and by the ankle and twists it and flips him down. Ah, my ankle, it is twisted. So is your brain. If you think I'll take a fall to advance your career, squeal on me, Batrock, and you'll be eating this. And he shows him his fist. But, but, but then Zaran from the side says, he is a fraud. This is not crossbones. It's Captain America in disguise. Batrock told his buddy, Zaran is correct. This is Captain America. $50,000 to the man who takes him down. Well, Bob, the audience... Likes that idea. Yeah, they're lining up. Captain America? Truly? I don't care who it is. I'm going for the cash. Now it's Stiltman. <laughs> hey, 1993, man. $50,000 went a long way. Sure did. So we're back at the administration building, and um, su- Superior, no. Su- What's her name? Mother Knight? No. Mother Superior? No. <laughs> Mother Teresa? Hmm. Superior. Superior. Yeah. Superior. Superior with an A, yes. Yeah. So Superior is sitting uh, on a couch and um, Mr. Brannix comes walking up with uh, two drinks, one in each hand. Ah, Miss, Mrs. Superior, I trust I've not kept you waiting too long. Many last-minute details to attend to before the official opening of the uh, exhibition tomorrow. Mineral water? And then he sits down across from her. Now then, to what do I owe the pleasure of this visit? Let me get to the point, Mr. Brannix. I have some difficulties with the upper management of your corporation. Really? I'm sorry to hear that. Tell me what the problem is. The problem is you. And then this big old blast from her hand just comes out and erupts and goes right through his torso. Like you can see, because we're, we're sitting from behind and we can just see from behind him that the couch just opens up. The problem was you. Though I am loath to take a life, Mr. Brannix, even that of a male corporate slug like yourself, it was the most expedient means to my goal to take over AIM and use its profits to finance my worldwide conquest. I will see that you were given a decent burial. But just then, Modem shows up. Who's Modem, Bob? He's a, he's a, he's a gentleman, and he is designed only for murder. That's Modoc. Oh, that's right. Madam. This is Modem. Madam, yeah. Madam Modem. Modem. M-O-D-A-M. <laughs> yes. Modem is a female version yes, of Modoc. It's Madam Modem. It's not Madam Modem. It's Modem. <laughs> well, I think you need to be more respectful. Isn't a modem something like you like a dial-up, right? I mean, back in '93, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she must be really annoying with that noise. Squee, squee, squee. So she comes up and listen, I am not doing a robot female voice. Oh, okay? do it. Do no, it. I'm not. 
<sighs> so she comes up to Superior and says, you have more, you will have far more urgent concerns, Superior, such as staying alive. Modem, back at the arena. Good luck, mon ami. I've got seconds before the first wave of supervillains is upon me. The masquerade's over. Just as soon not have to face them unarmed. Time to bail out of this disguise that Cersei's power so masterfully wove and claim my shield. So there he's back in his magic poof. He's back in his Captain America uniform with his shield. And all these supervillains are coming on him. Holy, it is him. Okay, you clowns, let's do it. Uh Uh-oh, someone else go first. Outside the arena, we have Jack-O-Lantern. Man, I should have let her just wander off by herself. What was I thinking? It's a big place. She could be anywhere. Don't know what Cap sees in this Diamondback, but she seems really flighty, you ask me. And speaking of flight, I think that's the only way I'm going to be able to cover serious ground. So moments later, he's now out of his jack-o'-lantern, and he's in his new Falcon uniform. Ah, exit the flaming gourd, enter the Falcon. I just hope no one recognizes me such in my brand new costume. Nah, if I'm stopped, I'll claim to be Birdman or somebody. Now then, where or where has Diamond gone? And inside the administration building, the three ladies that were left outside, something went sour. I just heard from Superior on the comlink. I think she needs us. We're not getting through those force columns. Let's try outside. I could fly to the penthouse, but I won't be able to lift both of you at the same time. Take me first. Come back for snap. How can a stupid businessman be giving Superior a tough time? Modom's with him. The hormonal Humpty Dumpty? I thought she was one of us Femazons. Apparently not. Just then, Mother Knight comes up behind Snapdragon. Excuse me? What? Mother Knight, what do you want? To settle a score? What are you talking about? I don't know you. Oh, but you do. And just then, she transforms into Diamondback. Diamondback? You better believe it. Elsewhere, Falcon's flying. Not a lot of people out out and about. Must all be in the arena. Maybe Diamond never left there either. Maybe I should have combed the building better. I'll just finish my perimeter reconnaissance and then head back to, hey, picking up a heat image on that infrared. Moving too fast to get a good look, but he sure don't move like a clunky aim agent. I'll swoop down for a closer squint. I might have lucked out and found her. And then we hear the inner monologue of Shang-Chi. A man with glider wings suddenly appears before me, though he looks like no other AIM agent I have ever seen. I must assume he is an enemy. And he comes up and he kicks the falcon. Then we get to the last page, which is a big splash. And it's Cap being uh, surrounded and attacked by a dozen different villains. Let me at him. Gonna squash you, little man. He's just one man. We can do it. If we had our weapons, he'd be toast by now. Make way. Sooner or later, flag boy, you're going down. Next, things get worse. Ooh, this is exciting. Yes, it is. All right. Here it is, the last of the three-parter here. And it is on the cover of 413. We have Modem, who is the female version of Modoc. 
in one claw, we've got uh, Superior, and then the other one is Captain America hanging on, and she's flying over the ocean. And it says, modem means murder. The place, an exhibition arena on the island of Boca Caliente, headquarters of the sinister advanced idea mechanics. The situation, critical, for an unruly mob of dozens of deadly supercriminals had just learned that Captain America has infiltrated their ranks disguised as one of them. The prognosis, Cap is in for the fight of his life. And it's a big splash of Cap up on stage and dozens of villains uh, coming at him. And we have the rhino yelling, get him, stop his star-spangled butt. And then we have... I can't remember her name. She's wearing blue. She's got blue braided hair that looks metal. Cannot remember her name. I'm at a loss. Here's our chance to kill an Avenger. He can't possibly withstand us all. And Bob, uh, I'm turning the page here. And once again, we have a double page splash. It is three quarters. Um, and uh, it's Cap uh, fighting a bunch of villains. There's some actually there's some pretty good art in, in these issues, Rick. Yeah. You know, I know we we threw some doubt on the field a little bit earlier, but even that last page of the last issue was I was thinking to myself, how cool it would it be to own that that page? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I again, good storyteller, good action, good bodies. Uh so caps hitting them and you know, uh they're all yelling, I got them, so do I. Man, if only AIM hadn't collected all our weapons. Cap's like, you got nothing. And he knocks him down. Where's Diamond back in the Falcon? With my true identity exposed, theirs are in jeopardy. Now, you know what? That's a very Cap thing to think. Mm-hmm. Right? He says, where's Diamond back in the Falcon? Now, you would think the next thing in his, in his head would be, why aren't they helping me? But no, he says, because I've been revealed and they're in jeopardy. Yeah. He's thinking of them. Mm-hmm. Very cap thing to think. And then we have Stilt Man, who's got his extended legs, uh, who's, you know, a couple stories high. And he's like, pile on top of him. Don't let up. We've got to be weary from those five bouts he just fought. And uh, Mike Rockwitz has a little note at the bottom in our last two Thrill a Minute issues. Hey, you know what? I'm a little. You know what, Mike? I take issue, Mike. So the notes that we've seen from him have been very simple notes. Last Mm -hmm. issue, last two issues. Why didn't we get a note from him to say, General Wu? The last time we saw him was in Tales of Suspense sixty one. Yeah, it was odd, and I mean, for somebody with that sort of profile, you'd think he'd rate it. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, he's a. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a. Um, hey, if you say that for one, you got to say it for the other ninety-nine villains. I don't. Know. Yeah, well, you know what? I didn't want to like quibble at the time, you know, because I don't want to be a quibbler. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he was referred to as uh, uh, you know as a despot of a Chinese village and being the scourge of China. Uh, and, you know, I may be misremembering because that seems to happen a lot these days, but I, I remember that. I thought that was in, that took place in Vietnam, but could be wrong. 
<laughs> okay, Bob. Am I a quibbler? I don't know. It bothers me, though. Well, Bob, that's an interesting thing that you brought up because when I look up information about General Wu, mm-hmm. you are correct, sir. It was in Vietnam. Yeah. Well, Bob, so, good call, man. Yeah, I got to ask Mike that. Mike, what's the deal, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody in 1993 were like, <laughs> he's, he's going to be like, he's going to be like, what, what? is you? Vietnam, China? What? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, the, um, just then, Stiltman takes one of his long, long, uh, cybernetic legs and he tries to stomp cap but he misses and he he, he creates a, a hole in the um in the stage and um when the one of the villains says yo hero man i don't hear any of those cute quips you got guys always sprinkle your fights with right got your tongue and what's cap thinking i hope falcon diamond are all right elsewhere on the island diamondback Oh, you do remember me then, Choke. Or if you insist on being formal, Snapdragon. I have a score to settle with you. I do not have time for this, Leighton. My boss is, you'll make time. And uh, so she kicks that Diamondback. You think I didn't expect that? And she kicks Snapdragon in the knee. In like, I don't know, like in the side of her knee. I'm like, I can take a knee out. Yeah. Now get up. It's time you experience a taste of that, what you put me through these past few months. I And then she kicks her in the head. When I tell you to get up, you get up. You want to fight Leighton right now, right here? Then by God, I'll give you one. Good. Just don't think you're doing me any favors. Because when I'm looking down at your broken, bleeding body, and you beg me to put you out of your misery, I won't owe you anything. Strong words from mediocre fighter. And then up up in the sky, we have Blackbird and um, uh, Iron Maiden. And Blackbird, someone's down there with Snapdragon. She can handle herself. Our responsibility is superior. In there, I see her. Okay, Iron Maiden, break on through. And they tried to break through the, the window, but they couldn't because there's a force field. And, um, and then uh, Blackbird has to go down and try to catch Iron Maiden before she falls. But inside, Superior says to Modem, 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 you know me. Eliminating Mr. Brannix like that wasn't personal. It was simply a business transaction. I am Ames Prime Agent. I cannot allow such a hostile takeover to go unpunished. But you used to work for me. I thought we had an understanding. You leased my services from Ames, Superior. You did not lease my loyalty. Prepare to be rendered insensate. And she extends her long arm, <clears throat> but Superior jumps over it. And by the way, I haven't described what Superior looks like. She kind of looks like um, from Jack Kirby's uh, Female Furies. It looks like kind of Big Barda a little bit. Mm. <clears throat> she has a cape. She's really huge. <laughs> Brennix is dead, Modem. AIM will soon be under my control, finding me as pointless. 
You have no inkling of AIM's true structure or strength. And then she fires a, a gun at her. Your actions, however, belligerent, have changed nothing. You are a traitor to your sex, modem. You are content to serve men when you could help rule my new Femazon world order. I may, have, I may have been born woman, but I have transcended such petty distinctions. You would be wise to not allow your radical politics to cloud your business sense, Superior. Now I tire of this exercise. You are therefore subdued. And she zaps her. Elsewhere on the island, it would appear I misjudged my seeming assailant. This card, and this is Shan, this is Shan Chi. Mm -hmm. This card identifies him as an Avenger named the Falcon. I am not aware Aim permitted those such as he access to their island, unless he is here on a surreptitious mission like myself. Should I wait for him to recover from my blow, or should I continue with my mission? to find evidence of my late father's dealings with, and then just then, because <clears throat> he has his back to the Falcon, he uses his um, grappling hook from his wrist to shoot around his neck and pull him close. Don't have time for this, pajama man. The card, please. And he grabs the card. Oh, great. Caps pressed the emergency blinker. Better hustle. Wait, Avenger. I am not what I appear. I work for British intelligence. My name is Sean Chi. Sean? I heard of him. Back at the arena, Cap's fighting for his life. Let me out of you bozos. You couldn't take down my great granny. That was the rhino. And I think uh, Titania. You stupid macho dopes. Let me show you how it's done. And then we have... Um, uh, a few others. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and Stiltman's like, my foot's stuck. Someone help me. And then the wrecker comes. Clear the way. Coming through. But um, Titania actually hits him with a pole instead of, instead of um, Cap. I do find it interesting. The wrecker has his crowbar. I thought all weapons were taken. Mm, I guess it's a tool. I suppose. So then we have um, the Man Brute coming. Now, the Man Brute, for those who are not familiar, uh, looks like a half man, half bull kind of version. He's got like a whole Minotaur thing going on. Yes. Did I say Man Brute? I meant Man Bull. Man Bull, yeah. Okay. So then this uh, next one coming at him is the Man Bull. Now, the man bull looks exactly like he sounds. <laughs> He's half man, half bull. Um, he was uh, first seen in Daredevil 78 back in 1971. Um, kind of a weird character. I was confusing him, though, with man brute who was a villain that fought Captain America yeah. before. Anyway, so he comes at him, and he's got horns in his head, of course. And he says, think you're a hot pretty boy? When the man bull gets through with you, you'll be nothing but roadkill. But Cap jumps at the nick of time because man 
bull had his head down with his horns coming at him but on the other side trying to hit him in the back had his head down with was the rhino but instead cap jumps out of way and the two of them clunk heads and then the man ape gets behind him and grabs him fancy moves avenger but your luck's just run out nobody breaks the grip of the man ape no offense but if you don't let go of me in one moment you're going to join me at the bottom of a monkey pile. And he's right. All these villains start landing on top of him. And guess who's watching all this in the stands? We got Batrock and uh, his, uh, his brigade, right? We got uh, Zaran and Machete. And he's got his legs up. I guess his ankle still hurts. You know, Mezami, these isn't quite as much fun as I might have hoped. Hey, Dommage, at least maybe next time the Capitan will think twice before trying to outwit me. Now we get back to Snapdragon and Diamondback, and they're fighting uh, outside in a patio. There's a fountain, and um, Snapdragon's thinking to herself, it's uncanny, almost unhuman, how good she has gotten since last we fought. I cannot seem to land a single punch or kick. I'm really getting sick of you trying to, the same seven moves on me, Shioke. Get a new act, will you? Or maybe we could. We should just cut this short. And she hits her back into the pond. Remember throwing me into the water, Shioke? It felt a little like this. Except you had knocked me unconscious before throwing me in. And she nails her in the head and knocks her down. And I was kind enough to wait. Shioke, you still with me? Let's remove that stupid helmet and wig. I want to see your face when you beg me to spare you. Wow, Rachel's getting a little brutal here. She is, yeah. She's got she's got a chip. So inside the office tower, we have Modem holding a bound Superior upside down. Stop feigning unconsciousness, Superior. A functionary mind scan indicates you are awake. Before you were eliminated, Mr. Brannix would have a word with you. Brannix? But he's dead heaven forbid no and just then we see his the gaping hole in his shirt close and not only that but like his shirt and his tie and everything comes back temporary downtime that's all you look surprised madam apparently you've not done your homework were you unaware that one of aim's earliest triumphs has life mimicking adaptoid biotechnology you you're an adaptoid yes isn't everyone enough about me now you will tell me everything about your scheme to wrest my business enterprise away so back at the arena uh titania is trying to get to the bottom of the pile to get cap but come on you jerks off that pile i want to make sure that red white and blue blowhard is squashed under there and if he ain't i'll see to it he is And then they're like, hey, what the bleep? He's not under the pile. He must have slipped through the hole in the canvas the stilt man made. Just then, Falcon comes flying in. Okay, Cap, here comes your one-man flying cavalry. I just hope, hey, where is he? And uh, a couple of the flying villains see Falcon. Yo, Shrike, who's the flyboy? Not sure. Who's that making for the exit? Feels strange sneaking away from any kind of fight. 
so Cap's uh, got a uh, um, some sort of like robe over top of him. Feels strange sneaking away from any kind of fight, but this one's totally pointless. I've got to find Diamond. In fact, hey, Terra Pollen Man. Falcon's voice. Need a lift? You bet. And then um, the villains are like, I see him. Captain America's trying to sneak out. That must be the Falcon with him. Falcon, huh? I've been itching to go wing to wing with him. Don't let him get away. And then Falcon's got Cap in, uh, by the shield and he's hanging on and they're flying away. Where's Diamond? Uh, don't exactly know, Cap. I was looking for her when when I got your SOS. Hmm. You tried to reach her by card? She didn't answer. Hmm. Who's that we're heading toward? A friend. Here? Believe it or not. And they fly down and there's Shang-Chi. Cap, this is Shang-Chi of British Intelligence. Good meeting you. Nick Fury spoke favorably of you. Your reputation is known the world over, Captain. Gents, we got 15 seconds before there's an ugly mob on top of us. Cap, you've hogged your share of the fighting time to let Shang... To let Sean and me have our turn. You run and find Diamond, okay? I'll be in touch by community card. Right. Yo, Tiger, let's play Zookeeper. So the Falcon goes after Flying Tiger. And then at this point, we get to see what a great fighter Sean Chi is and why he has the title of Master of Kung Fu because he is taking on several at once, including really good combatants like Tarantula. Having wrongfully attacked the Falcon, I feel honor-bound to aid him in repulsing the unruly throng of assailants who appeared to want him and the Avenger dead. What exactly have I gotten myself into? And more importantly, will I be able to get myself out? Elsewhere, we have Diamondback taking um, Snapdragon and putting her under water. He's got her hands around her throat. You left me to drown, Shioke. I felt my breath explode from my chest. I felt my lungs fill with water. I felt my heart stop. But I came back. The question is, my old chum, can you? And we're seeing the air bubbles escape. So we cut back to... Uh, modem in the office tower that's it you wish to turn aim into your cash cow to finance your next world takeover scheme how pedestrian i'm disappointed in you modem dispose of her and so she's flying out with uh, superior and at that point um iron maiden and blackbird see they're like oh the window's opening stay here i'll get her be careful, you know what Modem's capable of. Yeah, I know. She's capable of having her eyes pecked out. But just then, Modem shoots uh, Blackbird out of the sky. Rescue attempts are ill-advised. Your hired help leaves much to be desired, Superior. So nearby, Cap's running. Rachel? Rachel, come in. Blast it. The mission has definitely gotten out of hand. I really shouldn't have let the feelings for her cause me to skip on the contingency plans. There must be some way to... Whoa, modem. 
She's carrying someone. Is that Rachel in Mother Knight's costume? Can't afford not to find out. Hmm. About, the, about time AIM learned about the ruckus I made and sent their security troops out. Just what I need. More obstacles to... Wait a minute. This may actually be helpful. And so there's all these um, uh, skiffs going out, flying skiffs, and um, there's two agents per, per each one. Here's the end of the procession. Now, and he jumps on the back and he knocks out the two guys and he takes over the flying skiff. How do you like my aim, boys? Ah, uh, Cap made a funny. He did. That's a clever one. Let's see. Right, right's the throttle. What's the left? Ah, altitude. Let's see what kind of speed this baby gets. So he gets after modem. There she is. Hope she isn't mind scanning for all frequencies or I'll never be able to sneak up on her. I'm in luck, and he runs it into the back of her. Sorry about the real end, rear end collision modem. I'm sure you prefer head on. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Who? Him. Why wasn't I more alert? Whoa, my weight throwing off your balance. Or is this how you always fly when someone's running his hands through your hair? Got it. Without that jewel on her forehead, she can't focus her mental energies into force bolts. Creighton, you shall pay for this indignity. Whew, almost grabbed me. Go think she doesn't have eyes on top of her head. And speaking of eyes, and he, he does a big jump and he lands into her eyes, one foot in each eye. Modem let go. That's not Diamondback, that's Superior. Great. I go all this trouble for a woman who who loved to see me dead. Where are you, Diamond? Did you find the woman you're looking for? Please take care of yourself, lady. Please. And just then, we see Diamond back getting out of the fountain and Snapdragon. Bob, she's face down in the water. Yeah, she doesn't look good. Off next. Off Aim Island and into the Savage Land. All right, Bob. Well, that was uh, the three-part Arena of Death story. What uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, uh, going back to 1993. 1993. I have to admit, Rick, I have never read this arc before. Mm-hmm. Um, this was not a time when I was... Uh, uh, I had a lot of free time to uh, to to read comics, so uh, mm-hmm. this this was nice. It was good. Uh, it, you know, we talked a little bit about the art. The story was actually wasn't too bad. Uh, mm-hmm. It was way better than I anticipated, and I did enjoy just sort of the premise of uh, of this uh, sort of kumite. You know, because I was uh, I'm sure you remember Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, right. Oh, this remember is that? totally this that time period. Yeah, right, Mark Roomwell's writing for the time, man. He totally right. is very much Bloodsport, which was a, which was a great movie and uh, a classic, if you will. And so mm-hmm. this has that feeling, right? And plus, all these great uh, like bad guys, like pulled out of obscurity uh, and plucked onto Aim Island. I think uh, it's, it's cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Bloodsport uh, came out nineteen eighty eight, so. Yeah, good call by you. Yeah, so I think this was like VHS. You know, this was like uh, right around the time I hit Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, we, we certainly have some questions we want to ask Mike in the next episode about this and, and a lot of other stories that uh, he was part of. Um, gosh, I, I think he was he was part of, um, you know, that whole fighting chance at mm-hmm. the end when Steve thought he was, uh, you know, when Steve was dying. Right. Yeah. So that's that's uh, he was all the way up to there. So, yeah, we, we got a lot to ask uh, about Mike uh, on, on this, his time on Captain America in the early and mid 90s. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, you know what? But, you know, it's almost it's almost Halloween, Bob. Halloween's Ooh. just around the corner. Ooh. All right, Bob, I got yeah. a I got a, a corny Halloween joke for you. All right. What is an optimistic vampire's favorite drink? <laughs> what is an optimistic vampire's favorite drink? Be positive. <laughs> you can tell that to Bobby. I will. I will tell him. He gave me a great one uh, this morning uh, for my class because, you know, I like to start every class with a really corny dad joke that has something to do with nature. And he, he, he said, what? <laughs> what did what did the great white shark say when he swallowed a clownfish? What? That tasted funny. But um bum. All right. Well, Bob, as always, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. It has been a ball. Let's do it again. We'll do. Same time next week. All right, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Forbanis, and you've been listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. 